start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. You're listening to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the outdoors. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, guys? Episode 89 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, coming into your ear holes from Nick and Tom and White. You got to give a shout out to the White Tail Legacy podcast. You can't say I, ear holes. I was gonna. Okay. okay. Jesus. <laughs> I looked and was like, you can't not shout out White Tail Legacy podcast if you're going to do Is that, that their thing? That's 100% yeah. their thing. Yeah, that's their thing. We were on their podcast, and that's why I was yeah. having some fun with it. Yeah. So it was a while ago we were on their podcast. It was. It's a good no, episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those. Are, yeah. We were. They haven't been on ours yet. We yeah. should Change that up. Yeah. We, we get should. All of them. Yeah. Let's do it. So, yeah. Like Frank said, I'm in the studio. Tom's in the studio. Gang's all here. Um, episode 89. We're gonna be breaking down. You know, kind of the the last work weekend we have planned for before hunting season, before the big kickoff of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, you, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you like to deer hunt. And some of you guys, you lucky ducks up in the Dakotas and some other places are already hunting. But Bums. if you're, yeah, if you're like the rest of the country and you got to wait till October 1st, it's crunch time. Yeah. You know, things got to get done and we've got one work weekend left coming up. By the time you're listening to this, we're going to be wrapping it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just, we'll just let the woods cool off until it's time to go start slaying. Until we go back to heat it up. Yeah. And it will heat up faster than a junkie spoon. <laughs> Yeah, real quick. Yeah. So we're just going to break down, you know, what we're planning on doing to wrap up, you know, everything before we get ready to hunt and go from there. Because then, I mean, really soon, Deer Camp Series is going to start and it's going to be just kill episode after kill episode. Yeah. I wonder if we can keep our streak like we did last year. I was very impressed last year. I was year too. That were Every able, week. Yeah. Maybe Nick could actually help out during bow season this year. No, during bow season, maybe. Yeah. It's not likely. Tom. Could get ugly. Speaking of bow season, uh, just before we jump into this, I decided to try a new bow holder this year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it's called, it's actually a small company up in the Catskills Mountains, and they, uh, they it's called a quick draw bow holder. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, is it's a little bracket that you mount before your stabilizer on your bow. And then there's a receiver, like it's like a like an L shape. Okay. So there's like a long, like probably two inch, like downward piece of metal and then there's a receiver that you bolt to your stand and it just drops down in that receiver the old quick draw so basically put your bow on your so you just got to lift it you just lift it straight up it's not like those third third hand bow holders where you have to like tilt it back and out and like with those they could get you can knock those out potentially Mm -hmm. yeah where this is like it's all downward you can't really knock it out of the Mm -hmm. um out of the I don't even know what to call it. The holder, I guess. So <laughs> the quick draw. I, yeah, it's just a quick draw, you know, John Wayne style. Mm-hmm. So I, and it was only twenty nine bucks. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a try. Worth I think, a try, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be a really nice little bow holder to 
mount right to the side of my stand and forget about it. Forget about it. So that was a one little thing. I, I can't say whether it's going to be good or bad because I haven't tried it yet. Just ordered it this morning. So I'm sure you'll talk about it after you shoot a monster buck. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you couldn't gonna, have done it without it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Big thank you to the quick draw bow holder. Then I'll have to like make an intro for that video of me just like pulling my bow out as fast as I can. That's a good idea. Just John Wayne style all the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll start like holstering my bow on my hip. That's a, I'd like that idea even better. Yeah. Well, if you could, instead of attaching the bracket to your stand, to attach your it to a belt loop. Yeah. There you go. Now Nicky Knox style. Nicky Knox. <laughs> so I, I guess we'll now we can jump into which now we're that the actually, house is all swept. Yeah, everything good house cleaning is done. So Tom, you're uh you've been kind of the one manning the bus, if you will, on our most recent project up in uh the headquarters with you know, our food plots, you know, we talked last week about how our food plots just didn't turn out quite the way we wanted them to. And we talked well, about... Well, it was bullshit with the weather. Yeah, so. it, 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 we blame the weather. I'm not going to blame myself, that's for yeah, sure. That'll oh, never not. happen. <laughs> uh, and last week we talked a lot about, uh, you know, natural food sources, but... The apples up there, unreal. Yeah, wait, wait till you see... I know you haven't come up and worked a lot this summer, so you haven't been able to see the apples. <laughs> They're unreal. That granddaddy tree is absolutely loaded. It's going to split in half sooner or later. Yeah. It's got that many apples. Yeah. But anyways, we decided, Tom decided, we wanted to one last try with the old food plots. Um, we're going to do a couple food, like fall food plots, and I'll let Tom take it from there. Well, before I jump into that, I just wanted to reiterate something. And as Nick said, this is our final work weekend. Button up everything, you know, before deer season and our season starts in in a month so we like to give one month for the woods to kind of settle down because we've been up there a lot you know mowing tree stands um food plots cutting trails all kinds of good stuff so it's we like like i said at least a month before the season where we just stay out and let let it return to normal get all of our scent out of there before we go in there and hammer it hard but that being said, final work weekend coming up, and we're putting in fall food plots. We're hanging stands and checking safety straps on our existing stands. Making sure shooting lanes are all cleared out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And probably a final camera check before season. Maybe drink a cold beer if we're good. If we're good. If we're, if good. we're good. If we're good. But fall food plots... Um, these aren't, you know, stands that are going to be hot, you know, opening day of gun season or opening day of rifle season. What are you saying right now? Tom? Opening day of bow season. <laughs> How many drinks have you had? Zero. Um, he was not are, good today. <laughs> these are our late season, you know, rut and later food plots. Mm -hmm. So we picked up this bag, uh, Whitetail Institute. It's a winter mix. It's got kale, brassica in radishes and they say you're supposed to plant um like in our in our area of the country from like august 15th to september 15th is like the the window they give you so we're gonna right be planting september 2nd 
Um, and you, you want it like they say, like a eight week. You want to get it in the ground eight weeks before the anticipated first frost. Mm-hmm. And very rarely do we get a frost prior to November. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually last week, October. Sometimes we'll get yeah. it. So we're we're right at that eight week mark. Um, I think it's going to be super hot because once you get that frost all the sugar rushes to those broad leaves in the brassica and the kale makes it super sweet deer go bananas over it but they say you got to plant it eight weeks before that frost because it needs time to establish itself or the frost will kill it mm-hmm. so you have a fine window of when to plant when's too early when's too late and i think on a couple of our food plots unfortunately we got a little too excited with a very dry may in a dry beginning of June, got a little antsy, mm-hmm. maybe planted a little too early, had a super ass wet July, and that kind of hosed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, they turned out all right. There's definitely, it's better than not having food plots, that's for sure. Yeah. But I'm really excited about these second two. And the one we're setting up for, we're, we're putting in a rifle stand, and it's a stand where you can shoot the entire field. Yeah, gonna that, be, that's gonna, it's be, gonna wild. be great. But I'm looking at this field and I'm kind of pissed because the corn didn't turn out real well. And I'm like, well, I still want this stand to be a hot spot. So where we were supposed to have the second half of our cornfield, mowed that and sprayed it, and that's gonna be a winter mix food plot. And then down in front of the beans is gonna be another winter mix food plot. And I think it's going to work out real well because they're kind of the ones out in the middle of the field. So deer are going to have to cross the open to get to it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to call it open, though, with how high that field's overgrown with golden No, dogs. you can't see it from the road. But Yeah, it's, well, it's like, so open's kind of, I, I would say, is a wrong uh, term, I guess, because it's the deer are going to be able to feel safe coming across the field. It's no, so absolutely, overgrown. but it's not too thick to the point where yeah, you rifle, can't shoot. Yeah, you get up high enough, you can shoot into it easy. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. I think it's going to work out well. Check the weather. Weather's looking good. And then the second one is going to be more of like a, a rut bow stand. That one, it's it's a much smaller food plot um, right in front of a, one of our archery stands on the edge of the field where basically if they come into that food plot, you can shoot them with a bow. Mm-hmm. So it's... You know, you're kind of right in the middle. It's 30 yards to one edge, 30 yards to the other edge, 30 yards across. So it's going to be nice. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other two food plots that kind of just got overgrown with, like, weeds, uh, we just sprayed last night. So uh, we already could see, like, the, the clover, I think, because clover isn't going to get killed by the Roundup. That's more for grasses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, we're hoping by spraying it, allows the natural clover in the field anyway come to come back yeah because you can already see it once we cut it that it was already there it just needed that sunlight mm-hmm. and we're hoping that the the roundup will give it time to mm-hmm. flourish yeah so just trying to rejuvenate some food plots and i think we're going to be gonna be okay yeah i think we're definitely going to be juicy on food plots for sure yeah but one of the the big thing is tree stand safety yeah, uh, you definitely can't stress that one enough. That's big that's one. something we 
make sure we do every year um, prior to the season. Every tree stand gets climbed. Um, I think it's clomb. Clomb. Every clomb. stand gets clomb. Clomb. Um, straps are checked. New straps are put on when needed. Uh, pegs that like screw in pegs get checked. We we've had not me but my dad had a tree stand where the pegs were in the tree so long that they actually grew into the tree. Like, you know how they're shaped like a, mm-hmm. like a Z? Yeah. Well, all that was sticking out was the bottom part. Like the rest, was the, the, the up tree. and the over was in the tree. Well, he stepped and it snapped off and he fell out mm-hmm. on his way down. So we always make a point to replace pegs, back them out a little bit. That was yeah. another thing I wanted to touch on with that. Not it, only are you saving yourself from falling out of a tree, but you're also protecting the tree itself when you're loosening straps. And when you check the stands, don't just say, okay, it's good and sturdy. Loosen the strap up and then like retighten it a little bit just so you're not choking that tree out. Because like you said with the pegs, everyone has seen a stand that sat in a tree for too long and it's completely grown into the tree. Yeah, we the one stand, one of my favorite stands was on the property before we ever even hunted it. And it's it's been long gone grown into it and like there's actually mm-hmm. no strap on it now but it ain't it's going so anywhere. far into the tree where you just don't even have to worry about it yeah the only unfortunate thing with that is i know exactly what stand you're talking about and like up where you sit there's that v bracket that kind of bites the tree and grips mm-hmm. in yeah. that's what grew into the tree mm-hmm. well now you know the tree's growing that's Lifting. raising and now the ladder's like three inches off above the ground so it kind of sways a little bit <laughs> well I, yeah, when you climb that stand you like kind of like the ladder kind of like has like a backwards arc to it's so like the ladder is like you kind of almost climbing like backward upside yeah like down. it's not like a safe angle mm-hmm. like and then you climb back and then it then you work back towards the tree it's kind <laughs> of, of a spot though oh yeah mm-hmm. great little spot to be in yeah so you definitely want to make sure you're checking your straps and loosening them up and all that stuff before the season every year just to keep your trees safe and to keep yourself safe so you're not falling out. And what we like to do while we're checking tree stands is trim lanes. Yeah, because they grow in every year. Yeah, every year they're going to grow in. And if you trim them you know, a month prior to the well, season. Before you get too involved into trimming them, let's talk about what we're bringing to do all your trimming. Different tools you can use before we get in pull saw yeah so you got your pull saw we actually this year uh i have a battery powered pull saw so well, what fun by is DeWalt. that yep i'm pretty excited about it it's nice yeah i like doing the manual one just wrecking your shoulders yeah and then the all right well you can use that one we'll use the we'll yeah. use the dewalt that's the best um but i still think there's certain um there's limitations to the battery one for sure mm-hmm. and we'll still have our you know, the manual one. That one never runs out of batteries. No, never. it doesn't. Never runs out of fuel. No. And then uh, it also has that little pruning, I don't know what, shear. The little lopper thing. Yeah, the little lopper on the other side, which is, that's a really handy tool. Yeah, for that it. is. Yeah, but not when you have an electric one. <laughs> Instead of snipping it, you can just zip right through it. Yeah. I still like having like a chainsaw. Sometimes you got to cut something a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some pruning shears are nice. I even keep pruning shears in my backpack. Mm-hmm. Pruning shears are nice for 
like the walk-in yeah the walk-in you know nick actually trimmed this one trail real nice for us earlier in the year it's gonna need it again yeah it probably will but um yeah when you're walking your trail you get prickers that grow over and hang over the lane so it's nice to just snip them real quick Mm -hmm. that way you get a nice quiet walk in that's actually a big thing on scent control too because if you're walking down the trail and brushing up against pricker bushes or overhanging weeds limbs and everything you're leaving your scent on everything that you touch so we like to have a nice clean walk into our stands only scent you're going to be leaving is on the ground from mm-hmm. your boots not on every overhanging limb everything and, right at the deer's nose height yeah, yeah. And of course this is all just like our presets you know your mobile stands you can't really prep like that but you know, well, your mobile sets, you can walk in with a pair of snippers in your hand. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if there's a mall floral rose branch hanging out, give it a quick snip, walk on through like no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a pro tip, you know. Yeah. I actually t- learned that from my Uncle Frank. Yeah, he always has those things in his pocket, like when he's trapping, no matter yeah, what he's doing. Yeah, that's where he taught he me. We always, were beaver trapping. Always. And yeah. I tell you what, as much as I love fighting with them freaking <laughs> thorns and shit, it is nice to keep a pair of snips handy. Mm-hmm. And you should have brought this up in the Tips and Tricks podcast. We can't spill all our tips and tricks in one podcast. Yeah, you got to keep them coming back. As Frank said, this is maybe the advanced yeah. one. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's another. Maybe we should just, through hunting season, starting now through hunting season, we'll just do like a pro tip of the week. Pro tip of the week. Sounds and I think good. that one will be perfect right there is keep pruning shears in your pocket, you know, for your walk-in. Yeah. Because, I mean, exactly, that's a big thing is – you know, especially with, with a stand on your back, trying to get through a bunch it's of shit. Loud. It's loud. Well, yeah, it's loud. It's a pain in the ass when it grabs a hold of your stand or whatever. Mm-hmm. So just snipping it on your way through, you're not getting sent everywhere. Um, you're not sweating from, mm-hmm. you know, doing an acrobat show to get through yeah. brush. And uh, I will tell you, though, me getting caught up in a pricker bush got Frank a buck one time. It did. And I'll, I'll tell you the story. As you say, we, I need to hear the story because I'm not sure I'm familiar. So we have this stand up at Climber right at the head of the swamp. I call it the green platform probably because it's a green platform stand. Wow. And, yeah. You got really creative with your tree stand names. Really, really a good spot. Well, it was called, I, I believe it was called Mascaris, but that guy, I've never even met the guy. Um, he's the one that put the stand in. So I figured why call it? this guy's name that I've never even met. He doesn't even hunt here. So I figured change it up, change it up, give it a new name, new owners, new name, green platforms where we're at. That's where Frank was at. And I decided I was going to hunt the far end of that same swamp, which is probably 250 yards. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're good and far apart. I'm sitting there and I'm not really, not really feeling the whole morning sit there's like a foot of snow on the ground and there wasn't out late there wasn't probably there (laughs) wasn't a stand there so i was just sitting on a log it got cold and i'm like i'm gonna go take a walk so i loop around back to the other swamp on the property and i'm walking along the edge of this swamp and i get tangled up in this damn pricker bush and i have this like orange vest that's like I don't even know what, probably from like the 70s. It's It's a sweet vest. Yeah, it's like it's felt uh, 
gets caught on absolutely everything. It looks it's basically just like a cape. It doesn't like attach to you. It just goes over your head and it just flaps in the wind. Yeah. And in the front. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like a dual cape. Pretty <laughs> sweet deal. So I get caught up in this bush and I'm not having a good time. I'm mother effing this thing, spinning around in circles, making a whole bunch of noise, and I kick this deer up. And finally get out of the thicket and pull up on this deer and he's hauling ass through the woods i'm like i ain't even gonna risk trying to shoot at a running deer like there's no way and i'm like actually he's kind of heading towards frank so i go to pull out my walkie-talkie we were big into walkie-talkies at this point and i was gonna tell frank hey a buck's coming your way you realize that that was illegal so you didn't do it well this is a fictional podcast (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna stop you too so I decide, are you allowed to use cell phones? No. no. You can't use anything to aid. And this this is like what you're doing in your mind. You're saying. Are you allowed like, to yell? Hey, Frank, coming to you. I decide I'm going to yell, hey, Frank, coming to you. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm like 500 yards from Frank. He's never going to hear me. This there's deer, no service. There's no service. You know so, that's illegal to use the walkie-talkie, so you just don't do any of it, huh? No. I, I, I Actually, I didn't do anything. Because I realize, you know what, this deer is like probably four or five hundred yards away from Frank. It can go in any direction. What are the odds of it staying in a straight line for like four or five hundred yards? Like Frank's never going to see this deer. Why and he ran bother? right along the edge of the swamp too, so he could have just dipped. Yeah, right he could have dipped swamp. right back into the swamp. And to get to Frank, he had to run along the edge of a swamp, cross an open field, back into the woods, and then to Frank. I'm like, there's no way. So anyway, I keep walking and it wasn't like a minute later I hear boom. I'm like, holy shit. And so I call Frank because I had cell phone service at this point. And I'm like, Hey, did you shoot? And I remember it clear as day. He's like, no, I didn't shoot. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, that shot sounded really close. He's like, yeah, almost like it was right out of my stand. I'm like, you did shoot. He's like, yeah, I just shot a buck. I'm like, sweet, <laughs> on my way over. So I walk over, and wouldn't you know it, it's the buck that I just kicked up. And I'm like, you're not going to believe this, Frank, but I just kicked this deer up like way way over there. And we actually walked the tracks back, and yeah, it crossed the open field, ran along the swamp, and then to Frank. It was just his day to die. Yeah. So getting tangled up in that pricker bush. It was a good thing that day. So yeah. maybe don't carry your pruning shears. Is that what we're taking from this? It depends. It's, it's a situational that thing. That would depend on the tribe. Exactly. I don't so, know where I was going. We started with talking about the tools you use to trim out stands because before you got too involved in what you're doing with trimming stands, we went down that rabbit hole or deer trail, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. back to you, trimming out stands. Yeah, we like to do it about a month beforehand. That way, if you accidentally over-trim something, it's got time to grow back a little bit. Um, deer will notice, you know, if you cut a branch down. Mm-hmm. You got to give them time to get used to kinda it. Kind of like taking a picture frame off the wall in your house. Kinda yeah. notice. Yeah, you'll notice. And then if no one puts it back up for a month, you're like, I guess no, this I guess, is the new normal. I guess that's, guess that's how we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. You got to get used to it. So, yeah, that's why we like to do it about a month beforehand. Um It'll give you time to grow back. Like I said, you're going you're gonna to put a lot of scent in the area 
cutting lanes. You I mean you're going to be running a saw, mm-hmm. you're going to be climbing up trees, you know. So it's going to need some time. You definitely don't want to be doing it the day before. Yeah, and you also don't want to do it too early because you end up, you know, stuff with it, growing back. Well, stuff growing back, and you know, look how bushy uh, the woods is in you know June mm-hmm. versus even now. Like it's not like fall hasn't hit, but it's not nearly as green as it was mm-hmm. back in June, and it's going to even get worse. So like I think if you trim too early, you end up opening too much open. Yeah, because you need up. some of the branches that you're. Like you said, in June when it's fully foliated, uh, you cut a lot of branches out that you could use for cover yeah, that shooting. wouldn't I, be in your way once the leaves branches, are gone. You know, in spots to where I can draw behind them. You know, mm-hmm. that's especially like I mean, I I had a buck that I killed like inside ten yards, and the only reason I was able to draw on him is because I had one pine tree branch underneath me where it was a total dead zone. I couldn't see him, so I know he can't see me. Mm-hmm. I was able to draw back there. And as soon as he got past it, I mean, otherwise, I mean, the stand, Tom knows the stand I'm talking about. I was only, I think you can touch the, where you're standing from the ground almost. It's probably eight feet. If that, yeah, it's a very short mm-hmm. stand. And for a deer to be, you know, 10 yards, yeah, they're pretty much looking at you. Yeah. So the only way I was able to shoot was having that branch. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So you definitely want to be careful. You don't take too much out when you, you, you got to pick and choose where you want your shooting lanes and don't make them. A freaking highway. Yeah. Strategically placed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'll, you, if you have your stand in a good spot, you'll kind of know, okay, this is where the deer are coming from. I'd kind of like a shot opportunity here, kind of like one here. You don't need a six yard window that's clear. You need, you know, a couple feet. Yeah. Enough for the deer to stand in. Yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, and a lot of times you can kind of tell. Uh, like if you're on a deer trail, you know, mm-hmm. you can see, you know, train features or if there's like a, maybe a branch that's, you know, a con- like they use as a licking branch or a scrape or something. You don't have to widen everything out. Like if there's a destination somewhere, like you probably, there's a reason you put that stand there. I hope mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, several trails intersecting, if it's a scrape or whatever, there's gotta be some sort of focal point that made you want to put a stand at mm-hmm. or put a stand in there. Once your stand's strategically placed for, you know, the predominant wind in that area, you should know where your most um, high percentage shot's going to be and then just trim out just enough to shoot in mm-hmm. there. You know, you don't have to clear out everything within 30 yards. Yeah. So I like to have a lane straight out in front, a lane off to each side. I like to keep my back really thick so I have good back cover. Mm-hmm. I don't... I think that helps not get what is it they call it silhouetted skylined skylined, skylined. Mm-hmm. yeah that definitely I don't say, I don't I can't say I've ever been skylined like that that I like that I know for sure like I, I don't mm-hmm. I've been winded I know 100 percent I've been winded but I don't I've never had like a perfect wind and a deer look up at me and take off like mm-hmm. i've never had that happen so i don't know if maybe that's like tom said the way we set up our stands we've never been skylined yeah but one we don't hunt very high so we're not in that because a lot of people say like the higher you go the easier it is to get skylined because you don't have anything behind you yeah so maybe that has something to do with it but i don't and i don't think i've ever been skylined mm-hmm. so maybe keeping i've definitely that been up. caught been caught moving yeah but that's not that's, skylined yeah yeah. Skyline would basically be that like they saw a obvious human figure in a tree basically because they had no cover up there. 
and yeah. you like broke up the skyline. Yeah, I've never, I've, I don't, that's never happened to me. The only time deer have been spooked that didn't wind me was because I didn't see them and I turned and then saw them Shit. and they saw me turn. I've done that. <laughs> then you lock eyes and stand there for a second. You're like, oh no. I think yeah. the worst, oh, no. <laughs> worst for me was I was in a stand that we hadn't been in in a long time and there was like a ton of shit all over the stand. Like it was in an area where there was a lot of dead trees and there was like shit on the platform and everything. And I was in the stand and I was, I was sitting down and I was like, instead of just like leaning in between my legs and grabbing the last stick and throwing it off the platform, I was like trying to kick it off with my foot. And it was like on one of those like um, expanded metal platforms. Mm -hmm. And I'm like kicking it with the stand. or I mean like with my foot trying to get the stick off of it. And then, like, I hear, like, crunch, 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 like, taking off. And I look over. And it was, I mean, I don't know how big of a bucket. I mean, it definitely had a rack, but nothing that was, like, spectacular. But yeah. it could have been something I was going to shoot. Mm -hmm. um, taking off in the other direction. I know that that deer was probably on his way through. And I'm up there like an idiot just kicking it. So, <laughs> movement's definitely gotten me before. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to sit still for six hours. Mm -hmm. You're going to yeah. fidget. Yeah. And that's where I was actually what I went with. Um my lock on over a saddle, I feel like I sit still a lot better in a platform mm -hmm. than I do my saddle. Cause a saddle, you you're on a pivot point the entire time and it's so easy to mm -hmm. fidget. Yeah. I believe it. That's why I think comfort's big. Like my summit, I can sit in my summit all day long. Yeah. I, I find like in climbers, I've never owned a summit. I don't even think I've ever hunted out of a summit, but I had Ugh, like a, a cheap comfy. knockoff. Um, like probably on it was probably like, I don't even know what brand that thing was. Great value. Something. Yeah. Great value. <laughs> yeah. Wish.com. Uh, and it was pretty comfortable. And I remember like I didn't ever have to like stand up to like relieve pressure mm. off my butter. And like in a lock on, you know, I like to sit most of the time, but every once in a while you just have to stand because your back hurts, your butt mm -hmm. hurts. And in those climbers, I, I sit all day long. Don't even yeah. have to do, unless I have to pee. Mm -hmm. Well, you so. sit when you pee, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> cut a hole in the bottom of the seat and just go but that, that's the end of for i guess that's trimming stands what else do we got planned for firewood that's another one i think frank said he's on that so yeah we're gonna get one more tree down um well i was gonna do more that day that i was there cutting wood and you told me not to you said that's way more yeah we reassessed way more than we need we're gonna need more it didn't split as big as i thought it was going to <laughs> I some to think Tom thought there'd be more wood there when you were done splitting it. I don't know. Hmm. Either way, we're going to get, so we are cabin as if you guys have been listening for a while, know that it's uh, off the grid cabin. There's no heat, no electric. Well, there is heat, but you got to yeah. burn a fire for it. Yeah. So we heat solely with wood and boy, does it get warm, but we need to have the wood to do it. So yeah, that's going to be another part of our work weekend is making sure we got enough firewood. Um, that's I think about that, all we yeah, got yeah going that's on. really it for yeah. the big weekend. You know, it's I'm getting so pumped for archery season, know, and, and this last work weekend is getting me even more excited. The home stretch, counting yeah. down the days. Um, I've, I'm finally starting to put my pack together. Mm -hmm. um, Start shooting the bow. Yeah, I've been shooting actually quite a bit still, but I, like right now, I'm still trying to put everything together. Like get my mm -hmm. you know my mobile setup all tweaked the way I want to and. I put some new paracord loops on my lock on because I'm going to run some different sticks where I want longer or I needed an extra loop. Mm -hmm. But anyways, just 
I'm in the tinker stage, like getting everything set, ready to go for the season, and boy, am I getting excited. Yeah, me too. So, thanks again, guys, for meeting up with us every Wednesday for the past. It's, well, we're on Wednesday. Yeah, they're, they're, they're I was thinking you guys. I was going to get oh. to thanking them. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, it's a grind. I mean, it's, it is. It is. I'm sure once hunting season comes, we're probably not going to have to, we're probably not going to be doing it every Wednesday. It's going to have to be, you know, as Whenever, it happens. Because yeah. we're deer hunters first, podcasters second. Um, yeah. I can tell you we'll get one out one a week. We just might not record it on Wednesday. But it's yeah. not going to be any different for you. You're going to listen to it Monday morning anyway. Yeah. So I really hope to have deer camp series every single week and if any of the listeners if you guys kill bucks doesn't matter or what state d- or you're does, in. i don't care what state you're in we'll get you on we'll set you up for one of the weeks um and you know what if we get so many maybe we'll do a couple a week i don't know that'd be wild could be crazy let's not um, get too crazy because we still gotta hunt yeah i'm gonna probably tag out opening weekend but i don't know about you guys yeah 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 <laughs> um i guess before we close things out i do it for our new york listeners we just caught wind that New York has a few different areas that are open for doe season right now. Just found oh, that really? out. I didn't know. Oh, that. not right. It opens like September. September 11th. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is New York now you have to wear orange in rifle season. Oh yeah. Yeah, about freaking time. Yeah, I couldn't believe. We always we did always anyway. We always did. But, yeah, but. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't and it was believe because it, it was always shotguns, mm-hmm. and your range wasn't as far as long guns. Yeah. So. With that note, I guess um, stay safe out there, everybody. Get your stands ready to go. Um, Keep shooting your bows. Get your packs together, everything ready to rip. Get outside. That's what we do.